The following program is brought to you by We Are Many. To learn more about this program or to find others like it, check out wearemany.org. Talk in a formal way or try to talk for very long because uh, because I'm not prepared to. But let me just uh, give you a few thoughts that I have about having having been in Italy mainly in Rome, though I also taught a course. Uh, in a city on the other side of the Italian peninsula called Macerata for two weeks. So um, I, have, I have something of a sense of, uh, of uh, what's going on in that part of Italy. And it's, it's pretty disturbing. Um, and I'll just, I'll, I think, I haven't actually seen um, the, uh, what's been printed in the latest ISR of, a, of, a, of something that I sent in about the Italian situation. So. Some of what I say may be a repeti repetition of, of um, what I reported on there. But let me just go through some of the concrete incidents that have happened recently. Um, in the beginning of May, in, in the northern city of Verona, which is part of the territory of the, of the Northern League, the Lega Nord, this right-wing, racist, uh, separatist uh, organization that's been around in Italy for 15 years or more, but has really increased its strength um, recently. In the, in the general elections that happened in April, uh, the Lega Nord was the party that increased its strength electorally more than any other uh, in the, uh, on the Italian electoral scene. They, the Lega Nord is part of the center-right coalition. It's called center-right. I think it's more right than center. That forms the current government under uh, Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi. Verona is a part of that Leganord territory. And a young Romanian guy in his 20s uh, was confronted on the streets of Verona at night by a group of neo-fascists. These are people who belong to a neo-fascist group. That is, these are not people who are hiding their politics. They're, they're openly neo-fascist. Um, they got into some kind of argument with him and beat him over the head with, uh, with what are referred to in the Italian newspaper as sprange. Uh, sprange is a bat or a bar. Uh, he was in a coma for several weeks and eventually died. Um, that was in the newspapers, or the leftover of that story was in the newspapers when I first uh, got there. In a section of Rome, a multi-ethnic section of Rome, sort of mixed uh, class, racial situation, uh, a group of uh, local guys. It's unclear whether they were formally associated with the neo-fascist organization or not, but a group of, of local guys in their 20s attacked and beat a Bangladeshi shopkeeper. Uh, and um, uh, there were other incidents like that. Um, the, the, the Rom, the, the, the nomadi, the, the gypsies, uh, that have always been a part of Italian society and are especially prominent in the areas of Rome and, uh, and Naples and who live in encampments uh, in areas usually outsides of cities like Rome. Those areas where they live have been subject to recurrent raids, attacks, uh, uh, some of them pretty violent uh, in the last uh, couple of months. Uh, main branch of the University of Rome uh, in the second week in May, maybe beginning the third week in May, a neo-fascist organization called Forza Nuova, New Force, uh, got permission from the 
uh, university administrators to hold uh, a meeting, a, a fairly extensive meeting. It had to do with some case they wanted to make about um, Yugoslavian politics during World War II. Uh, the left-wing student collective uh, at the university, um, and this was, this was a very, very hopeful sign, said, you're not going to have this meeting. They got in their face, uh, occupied the room, the main aula, the main lecture hall where permission had been given for this neo-fascist group to meet. And some of the students, some of the left-wing students were attacked, uh, again with clubs and bats by, the, by this neo-fascist group. And that, that dispute and who's going <coughs> to take responsibility for what happened and where that's going to go is still uh, to some degree uh, up in the air. So those are some examples of things that are happening just you know, in the streets, in the communities uh, in Italy at the moment. So you've got that kind of phenomenon on the one hand. On the other, you've got um, uh, a victory by the Berlusconi uh, coalition, uh, which the current name of it is the People of Liberty. Berlusconi changes the names of his coalitions every time he mounts an electoral initiative. This one's called the People of Liberty. Um, and um, it includes his former party, the Forza Italia. It includes the Alianza Nazionale, which is whose leader, Gianfranco Fini, was a minister in the previous Berlusconi government and is a minister in this next uh, government. Fini claims to have, uh, I don't know what the right way, to distance himself from his own fascist past in the MSI, but uh, we know how that goes. Um, anyway, he's a minister in Berlusconi's government at the moment. Um, and the current, the new mayor of Rome, the mayor who has replaced Walter Veltroni, who was the, uh, who led the, the Democratic Party, the center-left coalition that was very badly defeated in the April elections, is a guy called Gianni Alemano, who was also, as a teenager and in his early 20s, part of the MSI, and who proposed, formally proposed publicly three weeks ago, that a street, a major street in Rome, be renamed after uh, Giorgio Armirante, who was the founder of the MSI, the Movimento Sociale Italiano, which is <coughs> the, the, the sequel to Mussolini's fascist. So that, those are just some um, indications of why, you, why there's uh, reason, I think, to be very seriously concerned about the political state of affairs in Italy at a time when the left is in complete disarray. Um, the center-left coalition uh, headed by Romano Prodi, which, I mean, the, the opinion polls indicated that they would probably lose this last election. They lost by much more than anyone expected. And they lost mainly because when they were in power, they got absolutely nothing done. They delivered on nothing. They followed the Bush administration line the NATO line kind of to a T with regard to Italian troops in Afghanistan, Italian troops in Lebanon and in Kosovo. They, they didn't give an inch. Uh, they didn't give voters uh, on the left anything at all to feel that they could be rewarded for, for casting their vote for this coalition. They presided over cuts in pensions. Um, they provided over cuts in transportation. Uh, it was really uh, a case of a of a 
of a governing coalition that called itself and represented itself as the alternative to Berlusconi, but that was incapable of delivering on any single one of its promises uh, or its claims. That government, by the way, that the center-left government that was, uh, was in power before these last elections included Rifondazione Comunista, the, the, the remnant of the old uh, Italian Communist Party, the, the remnant that did, did not dissolve into the party of the democratic left in 1991. And now, in the wake of these recent elections, Rifondazione <coughs> is in complete, uh, a complete state of confusion. A couple of days uh, before I left, uh, Fausto Bertinotti, who's the, who was the, who's been the, the main political face of Rifondazione for the last 10 years, and in the Prodi government was um, the equivalent of the Speaker of the House of Representatives. He was head, the president of the, of the, uh, of the uh, lower, uh, lower house of the Italian uh, parliament, issued this statement about how they were going to have to regroup and reorganize. And no, I talked to a lot of people I know, some of whom are in, have been in Rifondazione for years. They couldn't make any sense of it. What is he saying? Uh, Bertinotti seemed to be basing his analysis of the current situation entirely on uh, his starting point was the success of the right. And we have to adjust to the success of the right. We have to take seriously that this is a new kind of right. It doesn't look all that new to me, but um, that's, that's what he was saying. So you have to, I think we have to uh, come to terms at the moment with uh, a situation in Italy kind of at the top and also at the, at the street level where the right, broadly speaking, and in some cases the far right, has a great deal of confidence, a great deal of swagger. The broad left is in a state of uh, no confidence, um, disarray, confusion. The uh, Marxist left or the socialist left is possibly in the state of greatest disagreement and, and despair at the moment of, of any possible position on the left. And you know that's, that's very, very worrying. I'll, I'll just tell you one other kind of, it's partly an anecdotal thing, but to me it had some eerie echoes of, uh, of familiar patterns. Let me just say, I should have said at the beginning, I'm not arguing that the situation in Italy now is exactly what it was in the 1920s or early 1930s when Mussolini came to power. I'm just saying that there are these spooky echoes of kinds of situations or political configurations that remind you of that. This is what I wanted to, to talk about briefly. You've probably read in newspapers here of the catastrophe in and around Naples where trash has been, garbage has been piling up in city streets for almost a year. It's partly to do with the weak, inefficient local government in that area of Italy, and it's also to do with the fact that, as they call it in Italy as here, the waste management business is mainly in the hands of organized crime. Uh, the, the Comorra, which is the uh, Naples area equivalent of the mafia. And it's a disaster. I mean, it's a, it's a disaster for people who have to live in the midst of this garbage, and it's an environmental disaster. But the mafia is most efficient. Well, that's what they like to say, except what is Berlusconi saying? Berlusconi is saying, io vado a Napoli, you know, I'll go there, leave it to me, and I will go there personally. 
And I will bring, and he has brought a contingent of the Italian military with him to the streets of Naples, and he's promising to clean it up and to get rid of the garbage and to find new landfills. And that general configuration of a, of a, a dis of disastrous so social circumstances, a government or a state that seems completely incapable of dealing with it, and a, a very confident right-wing leader who comes in and says, I'll make the trains run on time, I'll clean up the streets and the alleyways of Naples, and I'll do it using the army, using the forces of the state, I think that's, that's a dismal prospect and something that should be concern of concern not only to people in Italy but to people everywhere and certainly of concern to those of us on the international left who believe that in dealing certainly with some of the kinds of political forces on the far right that are active and confident in, in Italy right now, uh, confrontation uh, rather than just turning your head and expecting that they'll go away or, or hoping that this kind of thing couldn't, could never happen again. Uh, we know where that kind of thing can, can lead. So, um, so it's, it's, it's cause of real concern. Uh, the uh, um, Il Manifesto, the independent uh, left-wing daily newspaper uh, published in Rome, um, carried an editorial about 10 days ago in which Valentino Parlato, who's now the, he used to be the editor of the paper, now he's sort of the, the ex-editor and the senior figure who still writes the occasional column and writes a response column two times a week. And he, he began his column by saying that these are the darkest times in Italy since the founding of the Italian Republic. And that will give you just some idea of how grave from at least some people's perspective, the situation there is. All of this, uh, I'll just maybe end on a couple of things about the, econo the broader economic situation, um, is very bad in Italy uh, now. The, the Italian economy, uh, even during the, the best of the times of growth uh, in standard terms of standard measurements for the US and Britain and other Western European countries, was not doing all that well now with the spillover from the American economic crisis and the credit crunch, uh, coupled with high inflation and coupled with the policies of the Berlusconi government, um, the, the underlying economic situation uh, in Italy is, is also uh, very bleak. And the signs of resistance and fight back so far have been, have been pretty dim. Um, I, I was also working and teaching in Rome last June and was really happy to go on the protest march when Bush came to uh, visit Italy following the G8 summit. And there were, well, the reports were between 50 and 80,000 people in the protest march against Bush last June. This June, when Bush came, two or 3,000, no more than that. And, uh, you know, there were some of us who had hoped that, but, I mean, the war, 90%, 95% of the people in Italy are opposed to the war in Iraq and, and dislike the policies of the Bush administration. And there was some hope that his coming back to Italy could be a trigger for a, a resurgence of some kind of spark of, uh, of determined resistance and fight back. 
but um, it hasn't really happened so far. There are these small pockets of resistance. The students at the University of Rome, spontaneous um, uh, resistance to Berlusconi sending in the soldiers to clean up the streets of Naples. I mean, there have been some violent confrontations between just ordinary people in and around Naples and the armed forces going in there because they know what's going on. They know that Berlusconi has no intention really of providing a serious solution to that problem and he's just going to uh, move the garbage from where it is now to create some new landfill uh, in some other area uh, nearby and then claim that he's doing his equivalent of making the trains run on time. Uh, but organized resistance, uh, broadly speaking, of a spontaneous kind is sporadic. Um, it's bound to emerge eventually, and when it does, what kind of political leadership or direction uh, there will be for it uh, is far from, far from clear at all. So I'll just stop with that, and maybe we just open it up for discussion. The preceding program was a production of WeAreMany.org, a website dedicated to publishing radical and activist media that promotes a better understanding of today's world while also putting forward a vision for a better future. We Are Many is a project of the Center for Economic Research and Social Change. To learn more about this program or to find others like it, check out WeAreMany.org.